the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How about Angela Davis Elementary? You know, if you listen to Democrats and their friends in the media, you're told that um, that America's biggest problem these days is white supremacy. At least it's the biggest problem for blacks anyway. But, of course, that isn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem is bad education for everybody, but especially for blacks living in the cities. And there's no better example of that than William D. Kelly Middle School in Philadelphia. Where do you hear this? This is according to invest- investigative reporter Chris Rufo, who's done some great stuff on this. Um, a teacher there designed a social studies curriculum. It celebrates Angela Davis and communism because Angela's a communist. Uh, she's a radical from the 60s. She um, advocated violence against cops. She spent some time in prison. She's an avowed communist. And according to Rufo, quote, at the conclusion of the unit, meaning the this course, at the conclusion of the unit, the teacher led the 10- and 11-year-old students into the school auditorium to simulate a black power rally to free Angela Davis from prison. They marched on the stage and held signs that read, Black Power, Jail Trump, Free Angela, and Black Power Matters. These are 10- and 11-year-old kids, okay? And just in case you think that's not a waste of time, Get a load of what kind of an education these kids are getting at Kelly School. Are you ready? It's 94% black kids. And according to Rufo, uh, and by the way, it's 100% economically disadvantaged. 100% of the kids in the school are economically disadvantaged. 94% of them are black. And in order to uh, change those numbers, not the black numbers, obviously, but the economically uh, disadvantaged numbers, uh, they think that teaching uh, the wonderfulness of Angela Davis is the way to get them straightened out and, and help them uh, and, and create a good future for them. By sixth grade in this uh, Kelly school, 3% of the kids are profic- proficient in math. Now, I was not very good in math in school, but I think that comes out to 97% of the kids can't do math, okay? 9% are proficient in reading, 9 so that means 91%, I think, by my math, can't read very well. And when they graduate from this school, 13% of them will achieve, will have achieved basic literacy. Again, that's my math, but I think that leaves 87% who are not literate when they get out of school. How, how do you pass from one grade to another if you're illiterate? And how does a teacher get a paycheck uh, after it's determined that the kids that she has been teaching are illiterate. How do you keep collecting a paycheck? Because you're in a union. That's the answer. Anyway, it's, you know, of course, educators are wasting their time teaching them about Angela Davis and just the wonderful benefits of communism. That That's a good thing to teach these 10- and 11-year-old kids. That'll help them out. Rufo, by the way, also pointed out that the, uh, the local teachers' union uh, down there produced a video that denounced the United States as, quote, a settler colony built on white supremacy and capitalism, that's a bad thing, capitalism, which has created a system that lifts up white people over everyone else. So they're teaching these kids, 100% of them who are economically disadvantaged, that capitalism lifts up white people over everyone else. There's no example of any black person in America who has benefited from capitalism. It's only affected the white people. That's... That's what it says in the in the the union description of the United States of America, and that's what it says about capitalism. It's created a system that lifts up white people over everyone else. That's what they're teaching kids in the school in Philadelphia and getting away with it, and again, collecting a paycheck every two weeks. But it's white people, remember, who are responsible for holding black kids back, not the morons who teach this stuff. And for whom do you suppose these idiots voted in the last election? Just take a wild guess. And at what percent? Do you think 
would it be 98% Democrat, 99? I'm thinking 98 or 99. And by the way, in this, uh, in this piece, Rufo also points out that half of all adult Philadelphians are functionally illiterate. Now, that explains a lot about what happens at Philadelphia Eagles games, but that's another issue. But anyway, that's, that's, that's uh, what he says. But let's change the names of the schools. You know, no more Lincoln, Washington, or Jefferson. Let's go with Angela Davis Middle School. That'll fix them. Meanwhile, speaking of school, Joe Biden is backtracking on his promise to uh, have them open within 100 days of taking office, and he's insulting everybody's intelligence with what he considers good news for the kids. We'll be back and talk about that in just a second. Stick around. Serial Entrepreneur. We entrepreneurs are always improving our listening skills. My dad told me at age 29, Michael, you're a man now. You're about to be married. You have responsibilities. You'd be a fool to start your own business. I did what any loving son would do. I started five of them. I didn't listen to my dad, but I have learned to listen to my customers, which is why my fifth successful business, Patriot Software, created accounting software to help non-accountants like me keep accurate accounting records. Go to PatriotSoftware.com, use promo code RADIO, and get two months of accounting software free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest-Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical-free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code SAVE20. Go pestfree.com. Promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity, and they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit, like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART 
for up to 25% off at lifelock.com. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the big guy made a lot of promises when he was aware that he was uh, running for president. Uh, I guess he was aware of that off and on. But anyway, he, he did make those promises. He's kept a lot of the bad ones. He's not doing so well on the good ones. Uh, one of the good ones was a promise to have schools open by his 100th day. He's running away hard from that one. Uh, Jonathan Butcher is education fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Great to be with you. So, um Joe's backing off this one in a big way. Do you think this is all about uh, caving to the teachers' unions? Is it is it any more co- uh, complicated than that? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, look, he doesn't have far to go if the job is to get more than half of schools operating in person one day a week. Uh, about 60% of elementary schools already are have in-person learning at least one day a week, if not more and uh, just under half of middle schools and high schools, uh, according to some estimates. So there really isn't far to go. I think it makes it a, a, an easy bar to, uh, to get over. Yeah, but he's, he's talking about um, opening them up. He, he's, he is expecting people to accept the fact that one day, of we- one day a week being actually in the classroom constitutes an open school. Uh, that, I mean, who's buying that? Yeah, I can tell you that parents certainly aren't. The surveys that no. we have, nationally representative surveys, find that parents are the least satisfied with the schools that are operating fully online or even with a hybrid scenario. So I think parents are even not pleased with this sort of part-time back-to-school uh, scenario. So look, in, in large urban areas, some kids have not had any formal learning experience since March of last year. So um, this is a, an urgent need to give parents some quality options for their students right now. Yeah, I, I've mentioned this before on the show, but I have a friend who's a retired teacher, and I, I was asking her a week or so ago about what she taught fifth grade. I, I, what was it like when you started school in September uh, when you had kids coming in who had been out of school for two and a half months and she said that one of the toughest things every year was getting the kids, uh, get, finding out what the kids had forgotten over the two and a half months of the summer. And it usually was a lot that they had to be refreshed out about. And she said she can't imagine what it's going to be like for teachers when these kids who have been out of school for six, eight months and taking what they're calling school from a computer screen, what it's going to be like when they sh- when they finally do show up in a classroom. Uh, she said, I don't know how well, without do a doubt, it. and I think, yeah, and I think what progressives don't understand is that we're talking about students in disadvantaged uh, areas. We're talking about kids who are already struggling in low-performing schools in many places. So take Philadelphia, right, on the other side of the state from you, where kids um, were chronically absent. About 37% of the student body was already chronically absent before the pandemic. And now you have a district that's been, you know, full-time virtual uh, since last September. You're you are disadvantaging these kids even more. Yeah, uh, and and it's the that's where most of the schools are closed, right? In the poor and uh, where where it affects poor and minority kids, that's where most of them are not opening. Yeah, in the large metro areas, right, like Chicago, which has been in the news recently, um, because some of the headlines have said that the union and the district reached a compromise, although it's hard to call it a compromise, right? Uh, The union got everything they wanted. Um, Most kids are not going to be back in class in Chicago for at least another month, and there is no plan, according to reports, for high school students to be back in person. So I hardly find that to be a compromise. Well, I saw uh, a a tweet by uh, someone named Emily Burns. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I guess she writes about uh, blogs about uh, school issues. She has a bunch of numbers here. Um, the blue states, uh, the number of five-day-a-week in-person learning uh, with the percentage of kids with access is 20% in the blue states. Uh, five-day-a-week in-person learning, percentage of kids with access in red states, 62.6%. Uh, that's that's a huge difference. So, is it all political, or is it? I mean, how, how does that how does it break down the, the, like that without being just so political? 
Well, that's certainly a part of it. I would say, too, that private schools have been open in much larger numbers than traditional schools have. Uh, one report says that you know, Catholic schools, uh, 90% of Catholic schools have been open to in-person learning um, since for, for this school year. Uh, so this is, you know, a, a again, going to divide those who have access to great schools and those that do not. And look, this is something that now that state lawmakers in most states around the U.S. are in session right now should be looking to fix, right? This is something they can do. Like Pennsylvania has a scholarship program, right, for uh, children to attend private schools. This is something that lawmakers could look to expand, right? They could look to help more kids right now. Yeah, and, you know, I, I had a just the last week or the week before, I had a woman on um, – here on the show from the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. It, um, it, it includes five counties, 39 schools, about 13,000 kids, 1,250 uh, teachers. They've been basically open since September. There have been a couple of glitches here and there, and I think they might have had to do some you know, improvising, but it's basically the schools have been open since September. I asked her how many cases she's found of a teacher, one of the 1,250 teachers, being infected by one of the 13,000 students. And her answer was zero, not one. Now that's September, October, November, December, January, a little time for Christmas off there, but we're talking about five months. What? None. Zero. That's in the Catholic schools. How are they doing it? They're just doing it because they're doing it, right? I mean, it's, it's they're just proving that it's ridiculous to worry about the safety of the teachers. Well, it's I mean, it's important for everyone to be concerned about these health indicators. But like you said, the evidence is showing that schools are not super spreaders, right? And so that's what all the evidence has pointed to. I would say that the, the attitude and the perspective from private schools and from parents has been, how do we make this work? How do we figure out the way to get students back to class? The attitude and the perspective from the teachers' unions is how can we not get teachers back into the classroom? And they have only looked for ways to keep schools closed. And, you know, that's an entirely different perspective on what's best for students here. And I hope I hope that policymakers and families recognize this when unions call for more money, which they surely will, uh, come fall. We're talking to Jonathan Butcher. He's education fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Um, yeah, the CDC has been saying for a while that it's safe to open the schools. Um, and the, the Democrats just seem to refuse to, to uh, accept it. They, they seem to accept whatever they want to accept. From uh, They're like cafeteria Catholics They with the CDC. They, they pick whichever rules and, and regulations and and, um, and uh, edicts that they believe in than the ones that they follow and the other ones they just dismiss if it doesn't work out for them it's strange but that they've been saying that right well they have and i think that it's not just the cdc it's been reports from uh, american association of pediatrics uh, health organizations and uh, and government agencies in uh, the united kingdom uh, and a variety of other european countries have found uh, low rates so, you know, look, if there are families who are concerned that when their child goes to school, they may come home with something that would put someone else who's in the home at risk, like if there's a grandparent living at home, right, or if you have a child that has a health condition, I don't, there's, I think there's a lot of uh, reason uh, to go around, right? A lot of people are being reasonable and saying, well, look, we don't need to force them back, but we do need to give the opportunity for those who are ready to go back in person, the chance to be there. And this is something both for the benefit of the students as well for the parents who are trying to figure out a way to make work and employment work out for them uh, during this, um, this whole COVID season. Why would any state defer to the federal government on this? I mean, it just, uh, it's that they would think that, the, that Joe Biden somehow – should be calling the shots on something like this from Washington for a for a school in North Dakota. Yeah, I mean that's a great question. It is not Washington's responsibility to be telling schools when to open or not. This should definitely be a decision that's made by local leaders. The problem has become 
um, that we now have clear evidence that unions, teacher unions, have a disproportionate hold and disproportionate authority over the operation of schools. That is what policymakers, and it should be done at the state level and at the local levels whenever possible, that needs to change. We were talking a minute ago about Chicago. You know that there's a bill in the Chicago legislature right now, or a proposal, that would give the teachers union more power over bargaining about their employment rules, and it would give them the ability to argue for even more areas um, of their um, uh, of their work uh, of their employment situation than they had before, and and this is after everything that we've seen with them delaying schools during the pandemic. Yeah, and they're and they're including in their demands, you know, uh, taking care of the polar bears, you know, and things like like things that have nothing to do with their jobs uh, out in California. Some of the teachers' unions, you know, they're 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 insisting on uh, policies about climate change and things that have nothing to do with their relationship uh, with the students. And 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 the and the more more important than that, the the um, the, the benefit of the students. I mean, well, and, and even more this? so. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, even more so, this is very much a cultural struggle. Uh, it's not just uh, the environmental issues are one, but these, there are other things like requiring the forgiveness of uh, rents and mortgages, uh, defunding police and defunding yeah. school police specifically. I mean, these are these are cultural questions about requirements levied on taxpayers and the values that people have about what is best for their community. So, you know, the, the culture war is very much now a part of what's going on between the power play that unions are exercising over uh, districts and families, for that matter. Speaking of that, we're, we're talking to Jonathan Butcher, education fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, in the opening of my show, I mentioned this piece uh, from Chris Rufo. I don't know if you saw it. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of good work. Um, the inner city, William D. Kelly School in Philadelphia. Are you aware of what they're doing there? No, I'm not. They, Okay, I'll, I'll run it by. And uh, this will sound familiar to you. I know you've written a, a piece about action civics, and I have time. I'll ask you about that. But uh, this is a, a curriculum to celebrate the. This is uh, fifth grade. Celebrate the political uh, uh, radical Angela Davis praising the black communist for her fight against injustice and, e- and inequality. And as part of the lesson, the teacher asked students to describe Davis's early life, re- reflect on her vision of social change, and define communist, pr- presumably in favorable terms. And then at the conclusion of the unit, the teacher led the 10- and 11-year-old students into the school auditorium to simulate a black power rally to free Angela Davis from prison. That's what they're doing at the Kelly School in Philadelphia. And how do you think that's helping out the kids? Yeah, not much. It's certainly stoking the fires of the culture war that we were just talking about. Look, the teachers union up in New York City agreed to a resolution that they would try. They were opposed to and trying to disrupt the nuclear family, uh, as well as a number of other um, uh, things that they called systems of power as a part of the Black Lives Matter week at school. Uh, It's happening all over the country. Seattle another school district where we're finding content like this. California has an entire ethnic studies program that is built around critical race theory, including, um, uh, you know, teaching about revolution and systems of power, ideas of intersectionality, where you are supposed to search out your own victimhood and how you are oppressed. Now, unfortunately, it is more widespread, I think, than many people realize. Hey, Jonathan, I was going to ask you about Action Civics. I have to get you on again to, to, to talk about that, uh, but that's uh, also going on in schools these days. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, though, uh, helping out a lot to clear this up. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, that's Jonathan Butcher of the Heritage Foundation, and we will be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. House impeachment managers are wrapping up their closing arguments as they once again try to convince the Senate to convict former President Trump of inciting an insurrection. Senator Lindsey Graham, a staunch Trump ally, says he's reassured the former president he'll be acquitted. Only a handful of Republicans agree the proceedings are constitutional. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci predicts by April it will be open season for vaccinations in the U.S. as supply boosts will allow most people to get shots to protect against COVID-19. Fort Worth, Texas police say five people are dead after a massive pileup on an icy Texas interstate involving as many as 100 vehicles. Dozens were injured, some in critical condition. Stocks are closing mixed. The Dow was down seven points. The Nasdaq gained 53. The S&P was up six today. This is SRN News. Investors seeking steady cash flow, ready to diversify? NRIA has grown to be one of the nation's leading specialists and offers 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses targeted at 18% to 21%. That's right. You could receive steady 10% return monthly payments with bonuses. As their slogan says, they specialize in realty investing done right. You can even use your 401k or IRA to invest. NRIA's 15-year track record and one point $2 billion in new construction development backs you. Learn how you can invest in this hard asset real estate cash flow fund today and receive 10% annualized monthly payouts with bonuses. This is something savvy investors should research and consider. Call now, 800-700-5483. That's 800-700-5483. Or visit NRIA.net. An offer to buy or sell any security is only made by our private placement memorandum. Read it first. See us at NRIA.net. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Dan Proft. On the next Dan Proft Show, University of California Berkeley law professor John Yu on impeachment trial 2.0 and the state of marriage in the COVID-19 era. All that's coming up on the next Dan Proft Show. If you've got questions, we've got answers. The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98, for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a Midnight Snack Run. Stand up to cancer and rally. Want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to Take a Healthy Stand on one. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Hanging on to some delays on the Parkway East. It is really busy on the inbound side, stacked up 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound, also looking slow into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On Parkway West, also congested. That's on the inbound side. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, 837 East Carson Street. It's shut down for building demolition between 10th and 12th Streets. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Mostly cloudy skies expected for tonight. It'll be cold. Watch for icy patches, the low 19. Mostly cloudy and cold tomorrow with a high of 28. Cloudy and cold tomorrow night with a low of 19. Saturday will be cloudy and cold. We'll see a couple of afternoon flurries. Expect a high Saturday of 29. There'll be a period of snow late Saturday into Saturday night. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show. 
on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I ran out of time there with Jonathan Butcher, but I, I, I mentioned uh, what he, he wrote about, which is uh, the, the civics. Uh, it's called uh, Active Civics, Action Civics. Uh, and he says, what does action civics look like? Well, teachers' colleges are instructing soon-to-be educators to teach children in elementary school how to advocate for the unionization, unionizing of workers. A Chicago public schools program helps students advocate for transgender rights and engage in walkouts to protest gun violence, while action civics advocates at Generation Citizen help students in Rhode Island lobby lawmakers against the use of plastic bags in grocery stores. So what they're doing, instead of teaching civics and le- teaching the kids you know, how the government works and uh, how many uh, Supreme Court justices there are supposed to be and what the Speaker of the House is and all the other stuff that goes with civics, um, they, they're teaching them how to protest. And, and, says, and this is, of course, happening mostly with black kids again. And he says uh, just 10% of black students and 13% of Hispanic children demonstrated mastery over traditional civics content in a national comparison, and the average score gap between these kids and their white peers is 27 percentage points and 21 points respectively. So they're wasting their time you know, teaching kids how to um, protest against plastic bags instead of teaching them how the government works and how the just everything about the United States government and the country they live in. So, and, and as you know, uh, Democrats, especially Joe Biden, he's, he's uh, loudly in opposition to charter schools, school choice, hates it, hates the idea of charter schools. He's, I think there's a clip from him on one of the, uh, one of the debates during the, the Democratic primary uh, a year or two ago, and he, he said, He's gonna he's gonna kill the charter schools. He's, he's gonna get rid of them. He, there's, they're they're killing the public schools. We gotta we gotta end the charter schools. Well, Jason Riley of the Wall Street Journal wrote a, a piece about that. He did a, a big investigation into into schools and and school choice and private schools, and he says uh, perhaps it doesn't receive much attention anymore because it's become so commonplace. The best schools in New York State are again public charter schools. Ho hum. According to the most recent data from School Digger, a website that aggregates test score results, 23 of the top 30 schools in New York in 2019 were charters. Now, these are the things that the Democrats hate. Uh, just just mention the word charter school to somebody, uh, a Democrat, and they'll throw up all over you. The feat is all the more impressive because those schools supported student bodies that were more than 80% black and Hispanic, something I will never understand that – uh, black and Hispanic uh, voters overwhelmingly favor school choice and charter schools, overwhelmingly, and they benefit the most from them because it gets them out of the worst schools. Um, and they continue to vote for Democrats at a 90% clip. And and it's probably the one thing that could most uh, – that could, could help them quickest – would be to fix the schools, and they vote against it. Even though they're even the, they vote against the people who are for it, even though they're uh, uh, they're 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 for it. It's it's sick. Anyway, eighty uh, percent black and Hispanic, and some of the, some two thirds of the kids qualified for free or discount lunches. The Empire State's results were reflected nationally in a U.S. News and World Report ranking uh, released the same year. Three of the top ten public high schools in the country were charters as were 23 of the top 100, even though charters made up only 10% of the nation's 24,000 public high schools. So 24,000 schools, uh, and only 10% of them were charter schools, but 23 of those made the top uh, 100. That's just uh, that's just ridiculous. So and I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I mention here all the time that I went to Catholic school. I was a terrible student. Um, I think I graduated 249 out of 276. And when I think of who the, some of the guys that I went to high school with that I actually, I actually finished behind, it scares me a little bit, but uh, I learned more in high school than I did in the four colleges I went to and never graduated from. Uh, but so I, I think high school was hugely important to me. So that's why this is an important topic to me. And you hear me talking about it a lot, um, but it's also an important thing to me and an interesting thing to me because of the stupidity involved. 
these these kids are. Uh, uh, I gave you the numbers uh, from this Kelly school where they're teaching them about Angela Davis, whose name should shouldn't even be mentioned to anybody in any school unless it's a uh, in a derogatory way. Um, they're teaching about her, teaching these kids how wonderful she is, and eighty-seven percent of them are illiterate when they get out of school. And how does a teacher continue to to keep throwing a paycheck? Now that's where we are with uh, the schools in America, and the Democrats are fighting it every step of the way, trying to fix it. And then then the people who would benefit the most continue to vote for Democrats. Maybe somebody can explain that to me someday. Uh, meanwhile, though, there's another issue here with. Um, uh, and it involves education, and this is good news. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. I might have. I, I forget. But it's interesting anyway, important, I think. Uh, Senator Mike Lee out in Utah, he has countered uh, Joe Biden's transgender athlete executive order with new legislation. Um, he introduced a bill in January that would require federal – keep in mind that you have to actually you – know, this is where we are in 2021 on the planet Earth. He introduced a bill in January that would require federally funded institutions to allow only biological women to compete in women's sports. What a concept! What kind of a wild, what what kind of a maniac would propose something like this? That people who are women would actually compete in women's sports. But he's a crazy person, and he he introduced this bill, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, would specify that under Title IX, a person's sex is determined, quote, solely on a person's reproductive biology and genetics at birth. Another wild theory by this crazy person, Mike Lee, out in Utah. This uh, counters Joe Biden's executive order, which asserts that legal prohibitions on sex discrimination also apply to discrimination based on gender identity. And Lee said, this bill, this is a quote, this bill would protect the opportunity of girls throughout America to athletic, athletically compete against other girls. Just think about where we are in the United States of America when a United States uh, congressman has to introduce a bill that would see to it that girls throughout America would be able to athletically compete against other girls. This is, there's a Somebody believes that, and, and he and rightly so, somebody believes that a law has to be introduced to make sure that that happens. That's, what's, that's what we've evolved to. And there were nine co-sponsors of, of the bill, all of them Republicans. So Mike Lee is, is trying to, um, to get something done on that front, and uh, that's, also, that's also an education issue. Um, and uh, it's, it's only going to get worse because the Democrats are in charge, in case you haven't noticed, and they are not backing off of this. They're going to they're going to see to it that transgender women, girls, men, biological males are going to compete with and against um, girls. And it's not just competing against, because if you are a girl in a high school playing a, high, a sport and uh, you're you're working hard, practicing, working out, getting yourself in shape, doing everything the coach tells you to do. And some uh, quote-unquote girl comes along who's 6'1", 180 pounds, uh, to play uh, field hockey, and they let it, let him play, then uh, there's a chance that and if he plays your position, you're out. You don't get to play. Uh, so it's not just, you know, the competition against other uh, teams that uh, and, and which might include uh, a biological male. It's a biological male coming along and taking spots away from your daughter uh, on a basketball team. Maybe she's the center, and she's pretty good, and she's going to get a scholarship and go play women's basketball at a good college. And some uh, kid comes along. He's six two uh, or six five, and he decides he wants to be. Uh, he's decided he's a, a girl and he wants to play basketball. And the coach wants to win, and the coach is woke and decides that uh, that uh, this kid should should be allowed to play. Well, the Democrats think that's just wonderful. They, you can't get them to even, uh, for one second, question the idea. And there's only two two things that could could explain anybody being that stupid. You know absolutely nothing about sports. 
and you're you're pandering to the point that you're uh, out of your mind. That, that there's only two explanations for that. Well, um, speaking of uh, being out of your mind, th- there's been a lot of stuff in the last couple of days about the national anthem, and we talked about this yesterday. Uh, in case you haven't heard the story, Mark Cuban, it was uh, he had done it for. Uh, I think it was 13 regular season games, and so far for 12 or 13 regular season games, he owns the Dallas Mavericks, and he made the decision before the first exhibition game that uh, they weren't going to play the national anthem. And it wasn't brought up for some reason in the national media until yesterday or the day before, and it blew up, of course, on social media because he just said we're not playing the national anthem. And uh, his explanation, finally, he, he went a long time without responding to people wondering about it, but his explanation ended up being that uh, he was uh, worried, maybe even afraid, that there were people uh, on the team that didn't um, agree with the national anthem and differed with uh, the sentiments involved and uh, and had a problem with the United States of America, so he decided not to play it. Well, uh, Peter Ducey works for Fox News, and uh, he's become the guy at the he, – he, he's, he's become the Jim Acosta equivalent for the, for the uh, conservative media torturing the, uh, the Democrats. And he uh, wanted to ask Jen Psaki, the media relations person, the press secretary, um, about the White House's stance on Mark Cuban not playing the national anthem. Listen to his question. What does President Biden think about the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, uh, deciding to indefinitely stop playing the national anthem before his National Basketball Association game? Well, I, I haven't spoken with the president about the decision by Mark Cuban on the Dallas Mavericks, uh, or the, I should say the national anthem, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our men and women serving in uniform around the world. He'd also say uh, that, of course, that part of, the, of pride in our country means recognizing moments where we as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals, which is uh, often uh, and at times what people are uh, speaking to. Um, uh, when they take action at sporting events. Uh, and it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. That's why he ran for president in the first place, um, and uh, that's what he's focused on doing every day. What a stupid answer that was. But um, she um, she basically agreed with not playing the anthem. And I don't know, she's not the president, but she's speaking for the president when she's in that room and she was asked, what does the White House, I think that's how we put the question, meaning the president and the Biden administration, how do you feel about not playing the national anthem? And she basically said, yeah, we're okay with it. Because, you know, there are people who, we are, we, you know, we as a country, we just haven't lived up to those ideals. So you probably shouldn't be playing that song and standing up and being patriotic. That's It's a pretty big difference between uh, her, him, and uh, Donald Trump. So then the subject came up uh, this morning on the CBS Morning News. And here's Gail King and the crew. I don't know who these people are. I just know the one is Gail King. Yeah, I appreciate, though, Mark's efforts to try to raise the conversation and bring awareness to what many people believe is still an injustice in this country. And I think he was just trying to shed a light on that. Yeah, but yeah. Given now it, it's become a polarizing thing. That's right. Well, yeah. given its patriotic roots tied to war and sacrifice, yeah. you can understand why some people have a visceral reaction yeah, to not playing. Yeah. It's not my favorite yeah. song, to be honest. It never has been. But And I think there are more, there are other patriotic songs that, that I like better. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers, for many years, would play God Bless America. It yeah. became kind of a be charm for them um and uh, so you know but i understand i understand the patriotic aspect that people feel i do too you know right. at, at the beginning of a game i, I like. understand the other side too yeah exactly america can be your favorite country without it being your favorite song who <laughs> right. do we have on yesterday show. adam grant rethink people that's right rethink, rethink, rethink sometimes and now this other guy's name's mason I, I i i think his name is he's the one who said that it was not his favorite song and he, he pointed out god bless america okay now that's that's a that's a song that's in America the Beautiful, um, ha, that 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 are chosen by liberals uh, who don't like the national anthem. It used to be that didn't like the Star Spangled Banner because it was violent. It talked about bombs bursting in air and it was scary, and they wanted to hide under their beds when they thought about it. Of course, it was describing the the flag standing after being bombarded by the British, but that you know that, that escaped them somehow. 
Um, think about it. The God, this guy, he said that the, the Star Spangled Banner is not his favorite song. And many people, as I said, they point to God Bless America. Now, how long would it take for if God Bless America became the if they if it became the national anthem if if somebody decided to change it and we now decree that uh, God Bless America is is the new national anthem because it wasn't written by a racist and it wasn't written by a slave owner which Francis Scott Key is purported to be which it, it doesn't matter he wasn't he wasn't a bad guy but anyway it has the word God in it. How is it that God bless America would be okay with these people? They don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't want God to be mentioned in the same breath with anything to have having to do with the government. They want they don't they don't like uh, in God we trust on the money. They don't like uh, in God we trust. I think on the wall it's either in the House of Representatives or in the Senate. I forget where it is. They don't they don't want to hear about it. But they they'll say yeah we got to go with. Uh, in God we trust as the national anthem. That would be that would be a nice way to go. They hate that. They would just be jumping all over that uh, 15 minutes after it became the national anthem. So there's a lot of stupidity out there uh, involving uh, education, and it shows up in a lot of ways, and it's even, it's even kind of connected to uh, this um, controversy over the national anthem because a lot of the um, the objections to the song are based on complete and total ignorance of history. We'll be right back. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just 3 bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code PETS. Genesis950.com. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was, and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. 
What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and The Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we are offering 40% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. So I uh, have the, the lyrics for um, God Bless America. Or no, I'm sorry, America. Um, the... Uh, it started out as a poem. It's called America, a poem for July 4th. It was written in 1893. Uh, the 1911 version is, Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on thee uh, and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Just imagine um, how quickly the liberals would jump all over this song if the tomorrow the star-spangled banner was decided, uh, determined to be not good enough to be our national anthem anymore because of who wrote it and the lyrics. And they're going to go with uh, this song where they say, God shed his grace on thee. They're not putting up with that for 30 seconds. It's unbelievable, the stupidity that's out there. But uh, meanwhile, sometime uh, just take a, take a minute and look up Francis Scott Key and read about him and what they're saying about him being racist and the song being racist it's uh, it's stupid. And here's the other thing. Mark Madden, or Mark Madden, what do I maybe say Mark Madden? Mark, uh, Mark Cuban, he said he, that maybe people didn't feel like the song represented them, okay? How about if you give each player a chance each night to pick a song that uh, represents a country that they think would represent them better in another country? Uh, maybe they could find somebody to do that, and they, he could sing that every night before a game. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.